0: and then, here and there, and always at sexpotcomedy.com. Next Storyteller. Our next
1: Storyteller. Next
0: Storyteller. Our next Storyteller. Welcome to the Narrators Podcast. This podcast collects stories that were told at the Narrators, a monthly storytelling event that features people telling true stories based on a theme. The show takes place on the third Wednesday of every month at the Buntport Theater in Denver, Colorado. Welcome to The Narrators Podcast. I'm Robert Rutherford.
2: Hi, I'm Mary Robertson. We have some exciting news to share with you.
0: As many of you know, I had been co-hosting The Narrators in Denver with Andrew Orvidal for several years before Mary and I relocated to San Diego last August. Before we left, we pledged to bring The Narrators to San Diego and we ran a fundraising campaign for some recording equipment. Thanks to the support of many generous donors, that campaign was a success. I then launched a personal campaign to bring Mary on as co-host and also succeeded at that
2: today we are happy to share with you that we have found a southern california home for the narrators starting september 8th the narrator san diego will take place every second tuesday at tiger tiger tavern on beautiful el cajon boulevard in north park starting at 8 p.m as always the narrators is a free event
0: We are honored to be working with the good people at Tiger Tiger, who also operate the Blind Lady Ale House in Normal Heights and Panama 66 at the San Diego Art Museum in Balboa Park. Aside from their fantastic craft beers and delicious food, these businesses serve as important community centers, hosting local music, films, game nights, poetry readings, and now storytelling.
2: If you live in San Diego and would like to be part of the narrators, please join us on the second Tuesday of every month at Tiger Tiger, starting this September. If you don't live in San Diego, please spread the word to your SoCal friends and family.
0: And most importantly, we're looking for storytellers. We're looking for people to tell five to ten minute true stories based on a changing monthly theme. September's theme is firsts. You don't need to be a professional writer or a performer to participate. And we love writers, actors, comedians, musicians, and other people who identify as artists. But we especially encourage those of you who do not normally do this kind of thing to get involved.
2: The Narrators is committed to representing multiple voices and experiences and creating a safer space for all of us to be ourselves. We very much want to hear from people of color, queer people, people living with disabilities, immigrants to the United States, military vets, the very old, the very young. You get the idea.
0: As newcomers, one of the things we love about San Diego is its clashing of cultures. Migrant workers rubbing shoulders with military enlistees, surfers bumping up against biotech engineers, graffiti writers crossing paths with retirees. We want to hear stories about border towns and the Kumeyaay people who are indigenous to this land. We want to hear from you desert rats, you beachcombers, you urban dwellers and canyoneers. This is your show, San Diego, and we can't wait to hear from you.
2: You can get in touch through our website at thenarrators.org, on our Facebook page, The Narrators Show, or email robert at thenarrators.org.
0: Which brings us to today's storyteller, Emma Weisfeld. Emma, based in Denver, Colorado, shared her story on the theme of nature versus nurture at the May 20th, 2015 show at the Bumpport Theater. This is Emma's second time storytelling at The Narrators. Let's give it a listen.
3: So uh, in my extended family, there are some criminal elements, uh, mostly harmless, but there are a few deeply disgraceful individuals. Uh, Now, my parents, who raised me, were very principled, which is not to say that they were opposed to breaking rules. Um, They engaged in civil disobedience actions uh, for peace and civil rights in the 1960s, they repudiated the war on drugs uh, verbally and uh, recreationally. <laughs> they, they took every opportunity to get the kids prices for me at movies and restaurants years after I should have been eligible. And uh, for most of my adult life, I committed similar types of cr- transgressions. Um, but then there was this other thing that I did. And that is uh, that, for nearly two years, I used my child to help me commit a series of crimes. Uh, When it started, I'd been living in New York City for several years at that point. But uh, after my son was born, we really couldn't manage the astronomical cost of living anymore. My husband and I were just constantly running out of money, Our credit card debt was escalating. um, And this was just for general living. And uh, so one day, I'm pushing my stroller through the supermarket, and I'm all frazzled and disheveled. I'm still pretty much in shock about the baby that just exploded all over my life. And of course, I'm over shopping because I'm too tired to make logical decisions about how much food is appropriate. And so I've, I've filled up the grocery basket that's hanging in the crook of my arm and I've piled groceries on the bottom shelf thing of the stroller and the sun sheet on top of the stroller and I get to the checkout counter and I'm unloading the, the grocery basket, I'm unloading the sun sheet, and I'm shuffling through my tote bag, like through all the diapers and creams to find my wallet and my kid had started crying. And so I was a full two blocks away from the supermarket by the time I realized that I had never unloaded the groceries on the, from the bottom shelf of the stroller at the checkout counter. Now, some people, uh, once they realized their mistake, might feel embarrassed. But after being so monumentally overcharged on shit for so long, uh, to me, this felt like a rebate that I was owed, and uh, from that day forward, I became completely addicted to shoplifting at grocery stores. It got to the point that if I didn't take something for some reason, it felt like I was getting ripped off, and like, it was just too easy, you know, as a small, uh, female, white style of person, I didn't arouse much suspicion to begin with, Uh, but then with the baby, it was like I had a, a cloak of invisibility, like, literally, I'm not saying, like, people to to go out and commit crimes, but if you do, for God's sake, take a baby. Um, (laughs) But besides for that, my tactic was that I would only ever hide things in plain sight, usually on the stroller somewhere, and I would only ever take a couple of items at a time as a supplement to stuff I was actually paying for. That way, even if I got caught, I could just pull it off like frazzled, Mom, oh my God, I didn't realize I, I got the baby, I'm so sorry. And I tried to be principled about it. I'd I'd never dream of stealing from like a mom and pop store. I only ever stole from minimum wage paying, corporate chain grocery stores. And and for nearly two years, this went on, I got about 10% of my groceries for free. And I felt a little bit better about living in New York City. But inevitably, uh, one day I wanted to pick up a few things, but I didn't have my cloak of invisibility, aka baby, with me. So I thought, oh, I can't not steal something, though. What I'll do? I don't have the stroller. Um, So as I shop I'll put all the groceries in my tote bag Like I'm using that instead of a basket And then when I get to the checkout counter I'll take out everything Except for one item Which I won't notice amongst all the diapers And other baby crap in the bag So I do that I get to the checkout counter I take out everything except for a jar of organic almond butter uh, Which was always One of my favorite things to steal Because it's delicious But it's like $9 for fucking nut butter It's ridiculous anyways (laughs) I pay and I'm about to leave the store when I suddenly hear a voice say excuse me ma'am can you come with me please and in one horrible flash all of the possible repercussions of my actions just rolodexed through my mind I could almost hear my husband's disappointed voice saying, you risked the security of our family, our whole future for almond butter. (laughs) For just a second I thought, maybe I should just run as fast as I can out of here. But then the rational part of my brain was like, you're not particularly fast. (laughs) And you had a plan. Stick to the plan. And so I put on my best confused but polite face and I asked the security guard, what was the problem? And he said, ma'am, I think there's something in your bag that you didn't pay for. And uh, I tried to look even more confused. And, and then I looked in my bag and I said, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. I'm such an idiot, I am so sorry. I will pay for that right now. And I couldn't tell whether or not the panic I was feeling was visible or not, but the security guard like clearly didn't believe me because he said, well, how can you put the groceries in your tote bag in the first place? And I just said, because <laughs> I don't like carrying heavy baskets. Uh, At this point, he told me to just wait there so he could go get the manager, and I knew that this was my last chance, so I just tried to, like, steady my breathing and, like, commit to my character. And when the manager got back, I said, Sir... I am very sorry that after paying for all these items, I inadvertently missed one item, but I assure you that it was a mistake. I, I shop here all the time, and I am, I'm late to pick up my son at the sitter, so I would appreciate if you would just ring me up for the almond butter so that I can be on my way. Please, please. And the manager looked at me for what seemed like an eternity. And then he finally said, whatever. And then he rang me up for the almond butter and I, I left the store. And as I walked away from mic my, my heart was still pounding, my legs were shaking. And I had to admit to myself uh, that in a way, my plan had uh, worked perfectly, actually, because I had always stolen in such a way that if I got caught, I had a plausible excuse, and put to the test, it worked a l- like a charm. Uh, but despite the validation of my plan, I, I was way too shaken up to continue shoplifting after that, and um, a few months later, my husband got a job here in Denver. We moved, and I don't feel quite as ripped off uh, here as I did in New York City. <clears throat> Anyways, I don't, I don't know if my parents' principled rule-breaking examples are what led to me spending two years as a grocery store thief, or maybe I take after the other less moral elements in the bloodline. Um, deep down, I think if I were to ask my parents what they thought... I think that they would say that stealing is wrong. Unless it's from giant shitty corporations. then it's fine, as long as they don't get caught. Thanks, guys. That's
1: Emma Weisfeld. Narrators is produced by Robert Rutherford, Aaron Rollman, Mary Robertson, and me, Ron Doyle. I produce and record the podcast with engineering assistance by Josh Johnson. And our founder and executive producer is Andrew Orvidal.
0: The Narrators podcast is brought to you by these amazing sponsors. The great guys at Illegal Pete's and Greater Than Records, who in addition to providing rad burritos all over town, provide great local music and comedy.
1: The next time you need a photographer, remember From the Hip Photo. You can learn more about their honest and unforgettable service at fromthehipphoto.com.
0: Check out the appropriately named Sexy Pizza on their website, sexypizzaonline.com.
1: And finally, by Breckenridge Brewery, making balanced, approachable, and interesting handcrafted beers in Colorado for over 25 years. Check them out at breckbrew.com. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or on your favorite mobile podcatcher. For more information and to find past episodes, visit thenarrators.org. Thanks for listening.